Welcome to the second episode of Piecing It Together. I'm David Rosen, your host. Um, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening to the first episode, Annihilation. Um, it was, you know, great getting the first episode out there. Um, also, the mini episode that I followed it up with. Um, and I've been getting some good feedback so far, but I want to get more. So please make sure that you, uh, you know, get in touch. Send us a email by David Rosen at gmail.com or you could just tweet at piecing pod our uh, Twitter for this show um, or also check us out on Facebook piecing it together podcast on Facebook um, but definitely get in touch let me know what you like let me know what you don't like um, and now we're gonna do episode two of the show this one is a weird one it's a great one it's a movie called thoroughbreds thoroughbreds is a Pitch Black Comedy from first-time director Corey Finley. It stars Anna Taylor-Joy as Lily and Olivia Cook as Amanda, an old friend of Lily's who feels no emotion and recently killed her own horse. As this strange couple rekindles their friendship while watching old classic Hollywood movies, they eventually come up with a plan to kill Lily's emotionally abusive stepdad with the help of a totally amateur drug dealer who only sells to high school kids. He's played by Anton Yelchin in his final role. It's a weird movie, and I really loved it, and I'm really looking forward to talking about it with film critic Josh Bell. Um, let's jump right in. All right, so I am here with Josh Bell. You may know him as Josh Bell Hates Everything. Uh, he's the film critic. Uh, you've seen him in the Las Vegas Weekly, Film Racket. Um, we're going to be talking about Thoroughbreds. Uh, Josh, good to have you here. Good to be here. Thanks right for having on. me. Absolutely. You are the uh, second guest on this show. I feel <laughs> sort of lucky. I'm right. sort of honored you, to be the second guest. You are a very lucky guy. Yes. Um, Second guest, and uh, you know, we see where it goes from there. I, sure, I, I, I have I've got my fingers crossed. I don't know, I don't think anybody knows, but you know, <laughs> we'll find out. All right, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Thoroughbreds. This was a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. I, uh, was one of my favorite movies this year so far, actually. Um, what, what do you think of it? Uh, yeah, I liked it too. I mean, the year obviously is still uh, new. So it is one of my favorite movies of the year so far as well. It doesn't have a huge amount of competition. Yeah, that's um, for sure. But I liked it. I mean, I could see this maybe even being a top 10 movie at the end of the year. I liked it. I think it's a weird cycle for me because I was really looking forward to it. Um, it's the kind of movie that I usually like a lot when we get into the influences. I think the influences on this are the kinds of movies that I really like. Yeah. And I heard a lot of good things, so I had high expectations. And I went in, and it was a little slow to start, I thought, and I was a little kind of slow to get into it. Sure. Um, but I I got into it more and more as it went on. And then thinking back on it, I just I thought it was really interesting. There was a lot to to chew on right. there yeah. afterwards. So I think my assessment maybe even got a little higher as I got a little distance from it. So I I definitely liked it as well. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, I'm I'm gonna let you go ahead first. What is a movie that you thought that uh this film was probably inspired by? Um, well, one that I think a lot of people have mentioned and that was 
to me, probably the closest is Peter Jackson's Heavenly Creatures. Sure. Um, which it's been a while. I think all of these things that I'm going to mention here, it's probably been a while since I saw. Um, but <laughs> anyway, it's, it's funny you just said that because I literally have written down as a note a lot of these movies I haven't seen in, in forever. There you go, <laughs> right. And so this is great prep work on both of our parts yeah. here. Um, but I loved Heavenly Creatures when I saw it. And I, I think uh, as far as I would imagine, it probably holds up. It's uh, based on a true story that happened in New Zealand, I believe, Peter Jackson's native New Zealand in the 50s or 60s, I want to say, maybe later than that. Yeah, I think 50s, actually. Um, with two teenage girls who I think are a little younger than the characters in Thoroughbreds, um, but had this sort of intense friendship um, and decided to kill the mother of one of the girls. Um, and... The difference is, of course, obviously that's based on a true story, which this is not. Yeah. And uh, the relationship in Heavenly Creatures is more, there's a lot of more homoerotic elements to it. There's a little bit of that in Thoroughbreds, but I think that this movie uh, goes out of its way to, to dial that back, right. to keep that all at the level of just subtext, whereas it's more present in Heavenly Creatures. And they also have a sort of, uh, what a folie deux, where they come up with this like fantasy world that they get lost in, so they maybe don't even quite understand the real implications of actually killing a human being. Right. And I think in Thoroughbreds, it it makes it very clear that that these are rational, almost too rational right. people who really do understand what it takes to kill a person and yet go through with it anyway. Um, but the idea of this intense friendship between two teenage girls and the way they feed off of each other um, once they get in their heads the idea that we're going to kill this parental figure and it snowballs to a point where it gets sort of out of their control, um, that's very much in line with Heavenly Creatures and uh, the great performances. I mean, uh, Melanie Linsky and Kate Winslet, I think both of them in one of their first roles right. uh, in Heavenly Creatures were both amazing and went on to great work. And I think they have a similar, you know, chemistry of, of dangerousness or whatever uh, as, sure. as Olivia Cook and, and Anya Taylor-Joy in Thoroughbreds. So, um, and hopefully Corey Finley will go on to do a new King Kong at some point. Right? <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah, this is his first film. And that wasn't Jackson's first film, right? Because he right. made low budget. He did the, the uh, horror movies, the right. zombie right. splatter movies. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing that uh, it sounds like you uh, had similar thoughts on Heavenly Creatures. Sure, absolutely. I think that's definitely uh, definitely one of the first ones that I thought of. Um, and actually just... To move right into the next, I'm going to do two at the same time right now. All right. And that's because they are right there in the pull quote on the poster. <laughs> but I certainly was thinking them are American Psycho and Heathers. Yeah. Yeah, which I think they do go hand in hand uh, for, for these characters. You know, um, you know, we're talking about these characters who, you know, they're, they're, they're just not right. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And so some way or another, and they, they both have... I think some different forms of affliction to them, like, you know, and uh, from, from their, their relationship to the way they see the world, to the way that they, uh, the way that they think about, uh, you know, the idea of killing somebody. Um, it's, it's certainly not normal. That, that's what I would say. And I think that that, uh, that is, you know, a very big parallel for both of those two movies. But what do you think about those two as specifically? Yeah, I mean, I saw the same pull quote that you did, yeah. I think. And, and that was part of the reason that I was excited going into this movie. 
Uh, I mean, Heather's in particular is literally my favorite movie of all oh, time. Oh, right on. Um, so anything that's compared to Heather's, even if it's like, this is like Heather's, but bad, I'll probably want to see. Um, <laughs> nice. So I was looking forward to that. And I think with Heather's, with that comparison, I think I expected this movie to be funnier. Because mm-hmm. Heather's, I think, personally is very funny. I right. mean, it's dark, but it's very funny. And Thoroughbreds, yeah. I didn't find as funny not sure. because it had failed attempts at humor but just it wasn't really going for that right I thought. It, it was more it was definitely darker it was more on the darker side of, of dark comedy it was uh it was also like a lot of these like really long like still shots that um you know there there's not much specifically happening it's more just that 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 feeling that dread of of like not knowing what's going to happen with these two. Right, right. Um, But I do see that with Heathers, uh, again, with the teenagers and one of them kind of uh, egging the other on to do more and more violent acts in order to, you know, make things quote unquote right in this twisted moral sense that these characters have. Sure. Um, And American Psycho, I really haven't seen in a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I mean, I can see that in the sense that Patrick Bateman, the main character of that, obviously is a psychopath, and yeah. that's sort of the, even though they never use this word, yeah. it's the, the 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 medical diagnosis that you would think of for yeah. Olivia Cook's character in this. She oh, doesn't I, I have any sociopath, but I mean, right. still, re, you know, related. Right. There's similar <laughs> thing. The idea of not being, not having feelings, exactly. or not being able to see other people as like human in any way um but american psycho is much more at least as i remember it like over the top violent yeah and like super satirical on Mm -hmm. the idea of you know wall street and businessmen and all that stuff that i don't think comes up there's nothing i would say in this movie that's satirical absolutely yeah this is uh more about just focusing in on those kind of characters but definitely not with where it goes or anything like that right right and i think they they probably are kind of Similar, I think maybe Patrick Bateman takes more glee in doing what he does, which I guess maybe goes against the whole psychopath idea uh, because he does have those emotions. Right. Um, I mean, you know, the image in my mind when I think of American Psycho is Christian Bale with this like crazed smile on his face, you know, covered in blood. Yeah, listening to 80s music. Right, right. And I don't think Olivia Cook smiles in this movie until like the final shot that she's in sure so, spoiler alert yeah. there. <laughs> nice nice um yeah what uh what do you have as your next one? Oh, okay so let's see i also had heathers so we can uh and yeah. american psycho and i had heavenly creatures right, right. So. <laughs> so let's see if i can come up with something slightly different um this is one actually i can't take my own credit for this i believe Corey finley may have said i've read somewhere that he cited strangers on a train okay. uh, alfred hitchcock's film uh, about the two uh, strangers, two men who meet on a train and get to talking and decide to sort of to trade murders, mm-hmm. as they say it, to kill uh, people in each other's lives uh, who are causing, I believe it's, I don't know if it's, see, this is terrible. I should have at least looked up some slightly more info before this because it's been a very long time since I saw this movie. Um, but uh, oh, at least one of them is killing their wife. And I think in another case, it might be someone else. But Uh, The idea of like, again, this person is causing me, you know, not even is evil or bad, but it's just making my life inconvenient. Right, right. And thus, it would be better if they were killed and, you know, the two people, again, egging each other on or, you know, the idea that one brings it up and is like, well, we couldn't possibly do this, could we? Right. And 
well, but maybe if they both have the same idea, they could possibly do it. And then, you know, getting further and further entangled in each other's lives. And there's definitely a lot of homoeroticism, you know, under the surface in Strangers on a Train. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought that was, and, and, and just the Hitchcock element as well. I mean, I love Alfred Hitchcock and, sure. you know, you talk about a little about the, the sort of formalist elements of the direction in Thoroughbreds. Yeah. Um, and, and Hitchcock is always extremely controlled, you know, and very formal in how he's composing shots and, and constructing things. And this is a movie that, that draws attention to how carefully composed it is. Sure. So I can Absolutely. see that, uh, as an influence as well. Well, yeah, and I actually haven't seen that since uh, high school, at least. You right, know? Yeah, it's been like, quite almost that long for yeah. me as well. But that's a, that's a great lead into one of mine, though. Um, a, another director who has the the like very meticulously composed shots, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. Interesting. Yeah, yeah uh, I you know just the these detached like wealthy you know characters and um, just like just you know putting a lens on their world and like these long long takes of just kind of showing them existing you know what i mean that that's um th that was like kind of the main thing why that movie came to mind particularly um obviously we're not really dealing with sociopaths and royal ten of pounds we're dealing with weirdos but right you know? right uh but yeah, any uh, thought on that? On uh, I mean, I hadn't thought of that, and uh -huh. and I I am uh, uh, not a fan of Wes Anderson at all. Yeah. Um, although I've seen that movie, and I believe I've seen all of his movies. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I can see that in the in the in the meticulous composition. I mean, I think yeah. I think Wes Anderson movies are a lot more maybe self-consciously composed in terms of production and costume design mm -hmm. where it draws attention to those things. And this movie is a bit more minimalist mm -hmm. in that stuff. I mean, the, the, the big rich person's house that, that Anya Taylor-Joy's character lives in, I mean, often seems very empty, I think, sure. which is probably part of the point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can see that as sort of a darker take on a Wes Anderson. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's more like, a what was that SNL sketch? The Midnight Coterie of Intruders or something like that? The <laughs> Wes Anderson horror movie is great. You That's should look great. that up. Uh, whereas with, with, with Edward Norton, uh, it's very, very well done. It's, wow. a, it's a digital short, so it's yeah. not a live sketch. And they, they really compose a lot of Wes Anderson-ish oh, uh, shots great. and elements to it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think maybe if, if Wes Anderson made a horror movie, it, it might almost look like this, although I, I probably wouldn't <laughs> like it uh, nearly as much. That's funny. You know, at first when I was thinking of, there, there was like a movie in my mind and it turned out to be Royal Tenenbaum, but at first I was thinking it's, it's, a, it's a Sofia Coppola movie, but I can't think of what it is. So I don't, I don't know. There's, then I started looking over her, her filmography and there's not really one in particular <laughs> that right. I could think of. And so then I was like, oh wait, no, it's actually Ro Tenenbaum's <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> yeah. So that was almost, there was almost a Sofia Coppola movie on my list. Right. Well, <laughs> but I could think of Sofia Coppola just in general. I mean, yeah. the, the idea of the, the disaffected wealthy people yeah. who are disconnected from real people's lives. Exactly. I mean, that's a huge theme in, in Somewhere and in mm -hmm. The Bling Ring and in yeah. uh, Marie Antoinette, you yeah. know, and in fact, almost in every Sophia Coppola exactly. movie. Exactly, so. yeah. It's like a general style of hers. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. So I could see that uh, being an element. And, you know, and in The Virgin Suicides, you've got, you know, teenage girls who kind of 
fuel each other's mania in yeah. a way. And so yeah. I bet I bet if nothing else, this is probably Sofia Coppola's favorite movie of the year this year. <laughs> that's that's quite possible. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh what what uh, is your next one? Okay, so I think it's interesting because you talk about influences and usually we think of the filmmakers' influences. Mm-hmm. But watching this movie, uh I love Anya Taylor Joy. I think she's a fantastic actress. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I so for her, I think her performance in The Witch. Uh, in a way might influence this, where she's playing another teenage girl who's kind of trapped by her family situation. And it first seems like the sympathetic figure in the film, the one who's kind of being downtrodden or being held back or mistreated by the domineering parental figure in her life. And as the movie goes on, you realize, no, wait, she's the villain of the movie. And that transformation, I think, has a lot of echoes in the performance that she gives here in Thoroughbreds, and that if her Thoroughbreds character was offered the chance to live deliciously by Black Phillip, she would go for that right away. Yes. (laughs) I'm so glad we're getting a Black Phillip reference on my podcast. That's great. (laughs) Um, No, that's a really good one. That's a really great point. And, um, And actually... Uh, while we're talking about particular actors, I was going to say Anton Yelchin, uh, his performance in, in a funny way kind of reminded me of like a sad, lame version of Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. I could <laughs> so, see that. Like yeah. thrust into a real indie movie. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, and he was great in it. I, <laughs> I loved him. I thought, yeah, he's, I mean, it's obviously sad to see him, you know, yeah. in the last movie that he's. Uh, the last movie released that yeah. he was in. Um, but yeah, I thought it was weird to me because, I mean, not to spoil too much, but... Uh, That's there was, okay. There was a, oh, okay. <laughs> well, we see his character and we seem like he's going to be important. And then he kind of like, the big thing that he's supposed to do, he just doesn't show up for. Right. And then they go ahead and do it anyway. And I, I remember thinking like, well, what was even the point of this character? It was just kind of a red herring. And the way he comes back at the end and you realize, again he's kind of like this dirtbag when he's introduced at first and you think, oh, he's almost going to be the villain because he's the real criminal right. that these girls get involved in with and end up in over their heads. But no, he's actually kind of a good guy in his own weird way. Sure, exactly. And by the end of the movie, you realize he's the one who has kind of a moral code yeah. and is, you know, kind well, of schlepping his way through life. And, yeah. and Anya Taylor-Joy shows up and she's become this murderous monster. Yeah. Well, I think that's exactly the point of his character is just to, to have that to level where she goes off of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, yeah, but by the end of the movie, you could tell that she, there's, you know, she's not a good person <laughs> at all. And uh, to see that, oh, this guy who was a piece of shit is actually like, he's not a terrible person. He's just you know, messed up and caught up. Right, know? right. I mean, not that he's a good person. I mean, no right. one in this movie is really right. a good person. No, not at all, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's, the, the transformation, when he came back at the, like, that that whole end sequence was, I think, like what I said, where I was like, I'm not totally on board with everything about this movie, but that, to me, like, really, like, kind of contextualized it all and made it all work for me, including the stuff with his character earlier in the movie that I thought, what is the point of this? So, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice work, Anton Yelkin. Yeah. R.I.P. Definitely. Yeah, R.I.P. for sure. Um, so, yeah, I lost track. Next. <laughs> I, I'll go next. Uh, um, I also had down here another probably obvious one, Ghost World. 
um, having, uh, you know, just two outsider type girls and, you know, seeing them bond and have this strange relationship between the two of them. Um, again, another movie I haven't seen in a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. That's probably, you're talking about going back to high school. That might be the last time I saw that movie. But, um, but yeah, I can see that. I mean, obviously on a much less murderous uh, sure. tip Absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. But, but yeah, the idea that no one understands me, but wait, this one person does. Yeah. And, you know, the weirdness being amplified by finding yeah. the other weird person who gets you or appears to yeah. get you. Yeah. Yeah, which I I wonder, um, I hadn't thought of this beforehand, but I just wonder um, if a uh, generation of kind of, you know, offbeat teenage girls are watching this movie, you know, where that leads them. You know <laughs> I, I don't mean? know. <laughs> I mean, if they watch Ghost World, then they go collect old records. Exactly. Like, that's cool. Exactly. If they watch Weapons. this movie and decide to kill their stepfathers, I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. That's an odd turn. Um, so do you have another one? Um, I mean, I have a few other things, but they're all kind of tenuous. Uh, I mean, I wrote down Jawbreaker, which is one of those movies where it's like Heathers, but bad. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen that movie in a very, very long time. And I remember very little about it, Yeah. but it's definitely another movie about teenage girls who, you know, get on this murderous level and, you know, uh, discover their inner inner sociopath or whatever. And it's much more pitched as a comedy. Yeah. Um, but I can absolutely see that being, you know, one movie that on sort of a timeline that maybe had started with Heathers and, you know, diverged out into a handful of things in the 90s that maybe were not as good. Right. You know, I, I can definitely imagine uh, um, Corey Finley having seen that movie and uh, Rose McGowan, I think, is the star of that. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I could see young Rose McGowan being, you know, in Thoroughbreds if it had been made, you know, sure. 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's maybe uh, I should watch. I probably, like, I thought, oh, I should watch that movie, but I remember it's not a very good movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I, I don't really remember that movie that much, but... Yeah, that was definitely, that was peak Rose McGowan back then. Right, right, right. She was definitely, like, kind of the queen of that stuff. and uh, Or uh, the Doom Generation, right? Which just popped into my head. But uh, okay. could see Greg Araki's early films being an influence here. of The, the nihilism, you know, of young people sure. uh, who don't care about anything. Yeah. Uh, so throw that in there, too. <laughs> okay, right on. Um yeah, the, the only other one that I had, and this wasn't really specifically the movie itself, but it was actually more so the trailer um, reminded me of Ingrid Goes West uh, from last year. But now, of course, that would have come out after this movie premiered at Sundance last right. year. So obviously it didn't, but possibly in some of the marketing of the film or whatever. But definitely, like, um, I think they came from similar places. Like, the directors probably had some of the same inspirations going into making these movies. Yeah, yeah, you know? I can see that. And Ingrid Goes West is maybe a little gentler, but mm. certainly Ingrid is on that same spectrum of sociopathy sure. as the characters in, in Thoroughbreds as well. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, okay. Uh, I will mention the end of what I have. Um, Birdman for the okay. score. 
Oh, um, sure, yeah, yeah. Which, and I hate Birdman. Yeah. So I don't want to see movies influenced by Birdman. But, you know, to me, the score, that, that sort of relentless, like, percussive score that puts you on edge, yeah. which in Birdman I just found irritating and, like, <laughs> counterproductive. Right. I thought he deployed that kind of thing very well here, where you're meant to be you know, on edge about what might these characters do. Um, yeah. And it was used when it was, you know, and there were quiet moments. Whereas Birdman, I felt like it was just drumming on my skull for, it was you know, 120 minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but that that came to mind. And then this is not a movie, or it, it will be a movie, but it isn't yet. Okay. Uh, uh, Slenderman. Um, okay. More the, you know, the real story, which I guess there's an HBO documentary uh, mm-hmm. called Beware the Slenderman about the two... Young girls. I'm aware of Slenderman, but somehow I have like just blanked out this piece of pop culture from my mind. Like I, I haven't read a single thing about what Slenderman is. I just know the name. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Slenderman is is a is a, a creepy pasta, uh-huh. which I don't know if you know what those I, another are. Another thing, I see the name. I, I don't know what it is. It's basically <laughs> it's basically like an online ghost story. Okay. Uh, you know, a kind of a short little almost urban legendish story about. This, I mean, in that case, it's Slender Man, who's like a creepy, tall, slender guy Man. who lives in the woods <laughs> and wants to kill the kidnapped children or something. Um, and the real case is these two, I think they were 12 year old girls or even maybe 11, like young, young girls, um, more like heavenly creatures, kind of got caught up in the fantasy world of Slender Man and decided that they needed to kill their classmate in order to be reunited with slender man they would go off into the woods and become his i don't know uh partners or something like that and wow. i mean this is a real thing they stabbed yeah. this girl like almost to death she survived against all odds wow um and there's a documentary about it on hbo which that i have not seen so i mean it's almost like more influenced by a real thing that happened but then because slender man independent of this thing is just like uh, an urban legend, you know, like any other uh, thing that's out there that some horror filmmaker is going to capitalize on. There's a fiction film called Slender Man that has nothing to do with these girls uh, that's coming out, I think, later this year and seems horribly misguided. <laughs> um, so none of that, I mean, obviously that wouldn't influence, but I think maybe that real case of those girls, again, like Heavenly Creatures, mm-hmm. um, is the kind of thing that that this movie is emulating interesting yeah that that is a very interesting one that i i have not heard much about slender man but it sounds uh sounds like it's gonna be a great movie oh I yeah mean, i don't know about that and even <laughs> that, that hbo documentary got kind of mixed notices yeah. and i i never ended up seeing but i remember i read a lot about the case when it when it was in the news and those girls were on trial and one of them is i mean going back to thoroughbreds one of them at least i think has been sentenced you know to some sort of asylum right you know for the criminally and whatever the proper term is now, yeah. you know, much like Olivia Cook ends up in in this movie and, yeah. you know, may spend the rest of her life there because of what she thought about Slender Man. And she seems perfectly okay with it. Oh, yeah, totally. No, I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> cool, cool. So, um, so, yeah, if that's the end of our notes, then I just want to run down the list here of what we've come up with. Um, and, of course... In the future, we'll probably think of something else next time we watch this movie or something. Sure. But uh, we got American Psycho, Heather's, uh, Heavenly Creatures, uh, Strangers on a Train, Ghost World, Royal Tenenbaums, uh, Jawbreaker, The Witch, Birdman, Slenderman, uh, Ingrid Goes West. Did I leave any out? 
Uh, I don't know. Gregoraki, maybe the Doom Generation. I just randomly Doom threw generation? that in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to Birdman versus Slenderman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cool, right on. Well, that that is quite the list right there. So, um, just to uh, recap, uh, you like this movie? It sounds like. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Like I said, I think it took me a little while to get fully on board with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like it. I think it's worthy of being mentioned alongside some of those that we mentioned. You know, the ones that are good. I mean, screw, sure. screw Jawbreaker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and Birdman for that matter. Oh, um, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, movies like Heather's and American Psycho and Heavenly Creatures uh, that are all really, really good movies. Um, I think, uh, I think this is this is a worthy inclusion there, and and yeah, I think it could end up being, you know, one of my favorite movies of the year by the end of the year. And I'd love, I'm sure this won't happen, but I'd love to see recognition for the acting or the cinematography, yeah. the right. I mean, a lot of the aspects of this movie come, you know, awards time, which. Again, yeah, it's that, never going to happen. The actors were all so good. Even the stepdad, like everybody in it was like really, really great. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's such like a, a weird movie. One, like you had mentioned earlier, it's one that you just like think about afterwards and like it doesn't leave you for, for quite a while after you yeah. get out the theater. And I mean, that that's one of the things I look for in a good movie, you know, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like this movie, too. Um I, I think certainly right now it's top of the list for me for the year. We'll see where it ends up as we get later down into the year. Yeah. It's but, above uh, Annihilation? Yeah, definitely above Annihilation. For me, Annihilation, eh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I liked it, but, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. know. I, I have my issues with it. Right. Oh, yeah. right. Well, that's a different <laughs> podcast, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, right on. Well, um, thank you so much for, for doing this episode with me. And, uh I'm hoping to have you back sometime soon. Yeah. And uh, you got anything coming up you want to plug or anything like that? Anything you're doing? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm always writing things here and there. So if you follow me on social media, uh, Josh Bell Hates Everything on Facebook or uh, Signal Bleed on Twitter, you can see everything that I am writing in various places, my reviews uh, in Film Racket, uh, stuff in Las Vegas Weekly and all over the internet, uh, go to joshbellhateseverything.com. And uh, I don't know, that's enough things, right? I, I think that's a, a lot of good things. I think I follow all of them, but all right, uh, thank I, you. If, I, I will make sure if I uh, miss one or all two. All right. <laughs> all right, episode two, we did it. Wow. Um, that was a really fun conversation with Josh Bell. Uh, I was really glad to get him involved in this podcast. Um, I'm really happy if you've been listening. If you have, please rate us and review us on iTunes and um, you know share the show. Leave us some comments. We really want to know what you're uh, thinking of the show, the format, of how it all works. Uh, don't tell us how it sounds because we know that we can keep getting it sounding better. So don't even bother with that. Um, but just want to let you know that actually a little behind the scenes in podcast world, um, I, this is actually one of two episodes I recorded today. So you're going to get the next one a lot quicker than it took to get from episode one to episode two. And I might even be recording a, another episode, uh, a little while from now, waiting to hear back from one of my friends. Um, and then we got two more I'm going to be recording next week. So Yeah. Uh, no more of this uh, almost two weeks between episodes stuff. Uh, we're going to have an episode a week 
for at least the next few weeks. Um, and, and then we'll eventually probably settle into every other week, or maybe we'll stick to once a week. We'll see. We'll see what you guys think. We'll see if you, uh, want to hear these that often. Um, but again, thank you for listening and, uh, sorry about the last mini episode where I said that the next episode would be Tomb Raider. I lied. Uh, it's Thoroughbreds, but, um, we're going to be recording a Tomb Raider one. It's coming up really soon. I'm going to be recording it with my friend TJ Cross, who is an award-winning composer and one of my first friends going way, way back. Um, but I also got, uh, an episode coming up, um, with my buddy Q from uh, the Bird Road podcast. Uh, I've got another episode coming up with Chad uh, and an episode coming up with my friend Will. So we're going to have a lot of variety to these episodes and I'm going to watch some great movies. And again, thanks for being there. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. That helps so much to let us know that you are out there. And speaking of you guys being out there, I just want to make one other announcement um, in the, what seems like forever since that first episode came out, we have had a hundred downloads. Um, seriously, I think that's a pretty big milestone to be honest. Um, I have not really started promoting the show that much yet. Um, if I could hit a hundred downloads, uh, you know, without really promoting it much, Hey, I, I think, uh, you know, maybe we could do something that a lot of people are going to like, and that is the goal, right? So yeah, thanks for listening. Leave us some reviews, share it, and we will talk to you soon.